Welcome to the Art of Getting Your Shit Together podcast, where each week we help you identify the bullshit that's holding you back and discover the courage to take action to create a life you love and enjoy. It's talent. <laughs> Jenna just turned on the recorder with her toe. <laughs> and she had to maneuver in a way that was quite interesting. It looked like the claw. <laughs> it's always anything like that reminds me of Take my good hand. Take my strong hand. <laughs> give me your give me your strong hand or give me your good hand. This is my good hand. Oh my god. That's uh, so funny. Um okay, well, today we're going to do something that we well, I said I would never do on this podcast, but we're going to talk about politics. Are we really talking about politics or are we just talking about a way to maybe have a little Per different perspective. Yes. When having a discussion about politics. Yes. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> We're actually going to be talking about why facts don't always change minds. And I'm sure given the situation of current events in the United States, I know some of our listeners probably don't live here in the U.S., but we just kind of wrapped up an election the slowest election in history. <laughs> I think Nevada's still counting. <laughs> the best thing about this whole election and maybe 2020 are freaking Nevada memes. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. freaking hysterical. Yeah. It doesn't matter what side you're on. They are funny. They are funny. Laugh out loud. Like, you just don't say LOL. Like, you're actually laughing out loud. 100%. I... <sighs> I, well, the memes were basically the only thing that helped me keep my sanity the last week. So yeah. I did pretty good at staying off social media. Oh, I was glued to it. I was well, glued no, that's to the not TV. True. I wasn't glued to it up until like Thursday, Friday. Yeah. I was glued to the TV yesterday. And then was it yesterday? No. You had your block party yesterday. No, it, was the, it was all morning though. Like while oh. I was prepping and getting all the food ready, I was glued to the TV all day. Gotcha. Yeah. It was a nail biter. It was a little stressful. So. But anyway, we're going to talk about why facts don't always change minds. Because chances are you fall into we are divided equally now. Well, have been for a long time in this country. And you probably fall into one camp. And I'm sure you have friends, family, business relationships that fall into another and I think one of the things that I see all the time and the, something that I'm guilty of myself is, well, we live in a world, a post-truth society, and um, those that have facts think their facts are the right facts, right? And so we sit here and we, and it doesn't even have to always be about politics, but we try to convince another party, and this is true too when you are arguing with a spouse or a child, to change their mind about something. And it's really hard. But so in a perfectly rational world, when we're prevented, when we're presented with evidence that challenges our beliefs, we would first evaluate the evidence and then adjust our beliefs accordingly. But in reality, this seldom actually happens. Instead, it totally backfires. And that's why we're going to be talking about the backfire effect. This, the way that the mind processes this and what we do with this information. It's mental gymnastics. It is. It, it's, it's fascinating to me. This is, we talked about this months ago when we were kind of on our little podcasting break and we're like, oh man, we have to talk about this. And I had never heard of this. 
but going through it and reading several articles about it and learning more, it makes it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know how often it happens, but we know it happens. And I think I think it probably happens more often initially mm-hmm. than we would and then maybe like it kind of levels out. And you'll you'll understand what I'm saying when once we go through it. So we're going to take you through like what is it? Why is it important that we even understand what this is? Why does it happen? And then some examples of it happening. And then what can we do in order to avoid it or to minimize it when we're having interactions with others? So what is the backfire effect? It is when people encounter evidence that should cause them to doubt their beliefs, they often reject this evidence and strengthen their support for their original stance. They double down and dig their heels in. So if I tell you the pen is blue and you're like, no, the pen is purple you're gonna like dig your heels in and no i i'm i already know the facts about this pen exists yeah and jenna's gonna say no i promise you this pen is blue look at this look at this pen look at how it writes it's blue i'm like damn if it is it's purple (laughs) (laughs) let me google all the reasons why it's purple So why is it even important to understand this? Well, because it affects both your ability to change the other person's opinion as well as your ability to process information rationally yourself. So I know when we sit here and we talk about the backfire effect, we can think, oh, shit, my aunt Susie does this all the time. So annoying. Well, guess what? You do it too. (laughs) We all do it. It's part of our survival, which I'll go into more in a second. So... The backfire effect influences people in many domains. It has notable influence when it comes to wide people's widespread support of various pseudoscientific beliefs, and it, and it explains why attempts to debunk those beliefs are often ineffective. It can affect people when it comes to any type of belief, but we've seen it up close and personal this year alone in 2020 with two things, which is why I said we were going to talk about politics today. Politics and covid so a couple of things that I, you, you know, politics, I don't even really think I need to go into that right now because we kind of already covered it. But COVID, there have been a lot of things and changes with COVID where, you know, we're learning more as we go. And so therefore, people as we go along will formulate opinions and beliefs around a certain, you know, this pandemic. And then things will change because that's how science works. And then people were like, no, wait a minute, you know, five seconds ago you said this it's like well that's how the scientific method works we hypothesize we test hypotheses we come up with new theories test come up with new we're constantly breaking down the old and rebuilding the new and so it can be very confusing but for those of us who feel very strongly about certain things they're going to dig their heels in more and we've seen this happen most notably with masks versus no masks. Mm -hmm. There's two camps. We are funny. Humans are silly. (laughs) We're just silly, silly creatures. We love to divide ourselves into groups, which is another survival thing. We do. We try to go with a pack that has, we think has the best rate of survival. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense. And, and once we feel like we've identified that pack, anything that stands out, we're going to latch onto. Right, like Jenna said, we're going to dig our heels into it and we're going to hold on to it and we're going to be like, for you know, come hell and high water. This is fact and this is what I'm holding on to because it it may 
make us feel more secure. It may make us even feel better, or it may just, again, confirm our original belief, which is good enough for some people because some people just want to be right. Yes. And we're going to talk about that next. So why does it even happen? Well, you know, for all these reasons that we just spoke about, but it, it occurs primarily because when people argue strongly enough against unwelcome information, they end up in their mind with more arguments that support, support their original stance. Raise your hand if you've ever Googled something <laughs> in an attempt to refute or discount new information that challenges a belief you already have. How many times have you been like, no fucking way. That's not true. I'm going to Google it right now and I will prove you wrong. <laughs> and so you're already, you're already doubling down on the thing because you're like, nope, that's not true. I already have evidence. I can just go straight to my, my sources, which I'm going to get to next that can tell me why I'm right. And it's important to understand the way that our primitive brain works. Um, you know, we are evolved humans, but we still have the brain of a reptile. We have been living in the modern world for a lot less time than what we have evolved through. So, and the way things are changing, like you've heard it before, but I can't imagine with how rapidly things change in our world today for an organism, any organism to be able to evolve that quickly to meet the demand of what our new environment is. Yeah. Well, we're resilient, but it ta- it comes at a cost, mm-hmm. right? So well there are two things that we need to have a little bit of a refresher on to really understand the backfire effect. So the first one is cognitive bias and the reason why this happens. So cognitive bias is a systematic pattern of deviation from rationality, which causes us to be irrational in the way we search for, evaluate, interpret, judge, use and remember information, as well as the way we make decisions. So that's what a cognitive bias is. And we all have that. That's something that keeps you alive. That's the reason why it's there. Number The second thing, piggybacking on cognitive bias, is confirmation bias. And now this is what we were talking about a second ago with Googling, going to your sources that you know are going to confirm the bias you already have, but a confirmation bias is a type of cognitive bias that causes people to search for, favor, interpret, and recall information in a way that confirms their pre-existing beliefs. In other words, people see what they want to see. And it's generally attributed to two main things. The first thing is what you were saying earlier. Well, one of the first thing is challenge avoidance, which is the desire to avoid finding out that you're wrong. And the second thing is reinforcement seeking. So the desire to find out that you're right. So basically we're a bunch of freaking egotistical narcissists. (laughs) (laughs) Let me take the time to show you that I'm right and you're wrong. Exactly. So both of these mechanisms can be attributed to people's underlying desire to minimize and avoid cognitive dissonance. And we've talked about cognitive, we did a whole episode on cognitive dissonance in the past, but what that is, is psychological distress that people experience when they hold two or more contradictory beliefs at the same time. Which is very uncomfortable. It is. It like blows your brain, melts your brain. And that, there's been a lot of that, too. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why people have a lot of cognitive dis- dissonance around COVID, right? When you have this thing that you're like, oh, okay, this was the right thing. And now all of a sudden, oh, no, no, this is the right thing. You are you have to hold two contradictory things in your mind at the same time and figure out what is 
the correct thing and it's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it drives you batshit crazy. And this is where people can get uncomfortable having discussions about it because they can either see both sides and they're they're kind of a neutral stance. Mm-hmm. Um and or you you may hear people like I don't want to get involved in that or I won't I don't want to talk about it or I don't have a strong opinion on it. You know, people probably see more of both sides or they just they want to pick a pack, right? Yeah. But then they get stuck. It's like that fear like I don't want to lean one way or the other mm-hmm. because that means I have to commit and that could be scary to them too. So yeah, it is. And it, you know, we, we need to moral of the story. I'll say this again as we wrap up, but we need to normalize changing our minds on things. It needs to be, you know, that's what I used to think, or thank you for the new information. I will consider that. And then maybe it changes your mind. I've had my mind change several times this year. Um, with, after I dug my heels in on my original stance, of course, (laughs) (laughs) but okay. So essentially when a person encounters information that suggests that their current beliefs are wrong in some way, they feel threatened, which causes them to create a variety of negative emotions. This especially is likely when the beliefs in question are crucial to their self-concept, which means that they represent an important part of that person's identity and ideology. I like that term, self-concept. Self-concept, yeah. So uh, remember that our values and our ideology are basically what make up our identity. So getting like super meta here, basically when you when you argue with somebody about something that challenges their beliefs and their ideology, which for a lot of people, medical issues, you know, this the COVID thing and politics run very very deep to their own value system you're cha- you're basically challenging their identity mm-hmm. and well, so and it makes sense because some beliefs especially with politics is generational mm-hmm. right it's carried on you know my family was this way my my you know my ancestors you know it's going back and back down your line so of course you're going to identify that as your identity when you've adopted values and beliefs that your family has for you know, generations, and it may not even be relevant. You may have even challenges, but you default to them because you feel like you should. Yeah. And I think too, as you, you know, grow to work on yourself and develop your own sense of who you are, that's a lot, that's hard work. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things politically are also moral stances. Yes. You, You know, so... And for some reason, I don't know, there are certain things that I don't understand about politics, like why certain things need to be political, um, like COVID, for example. I never understood why that had to go political. But, um, you know, you you really start to formulate a value system and ethics and morals around these things. And that's really where people start to dig their heels in because it's fundamental to who you are as a human being. We talk about values all the time. So voting your values, that happens for most people. And um, how do we reduce this? Now Now that we know what it is and we're aware that we've all done it and we still will continue to do it even after this podcast, this isn't going to miraculously fix you. <laughs> <laughs> but how do we maybe prevent it from happening to an extreme or maybe how do we figure out a way to become more self-aware and then understanding of other people's opinions and beliefs 
I have a big example that I want to read to you guys, but basically we have to use debias, debiasing techniques. So strategies of debiasing techniques include increasing people's awareness of this bias. So just even knowing that the backfire effect is a thing is going to help you be more self-aware in the future. So using simpler explanations when you're talking to people and then changing the way that you actually present the information. And I'm actually going to go into a very detailed example that illustrates changing the way that you present information because I just think it's a really good way. Once you hear how this example played out, you'll be like, oh, wow, I bet I could probably do that in other areas of my life. So one study, for example, examined people's opinions regarding welfare, federal welfare programs. The researchers found that the majority of people were highly misinformed about the nature and scope of these programs, and that the people who were least informed about them generally expressed the highest degree of confidence in their knowledge. Read that one more time. (laughs) (laughs) The people who were least informed about them generally expressed the highest degree of confidence in their knowledge. The least informed, highest confidence. Yes. That's the standout. Yes. So the researchers found that presenting people with facts about these welfare programs did little to change people's opinion about them. But in a follow-up study, the researchers discovered that tweaking the way they presented the facts made people respond more positively to new evidence. In this follow-up, they were first asked to estimate or people were first asked to estimate the percentage of the national budget that is allocated to welfare. Then they were also asked what percent of the budget they believed should be spent on welfare. Posing these questions back to back led participants to contrast their perception of reality with their preferred level of spending before they were told what portion of the budget is actually spent on welfare, like in reality. This meant that that most of them had to process the fact that not only is the federal spending lower than what they thought but it's also lower than the portion of the budget that they believed should be allocated to welfare shit (laughs) backed right into that one um so even though this comparison is something that people should have done naturally if they're processing processing the information rationally the only thing that got them to do this in reality was to ask them to explicitly state how much they believed should be spent on welfare According, uh, accordingly, people only responded positively to the corrective information when they were asked this preliminary question, which led them to internalize the, and accept the fact that they were wrong. This means that when you're talking to people in an effort to change their stance on something, you need to remember that how you present the information is just as important as what information you present if you want to avoid the backfire effect. You need to display the new information in a non-confrontational manner that allows people to internalize the new facts and reach the conclusion that you want them to reach themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think presentation of any information is critical. Yes. And if you're going into a conversation that's you may think may get heated or you may get pushed back or maybe you just... I don't know, maybe you like to debate, but if if you're going in it with you know good intentions and you want to be heard and you want the other pe- person to hear you not just put the wall up and you know 
dig their heels into what you know that their opinion already is, a good way to break down that wall so they hear you is to first acknowledge their stance and acknowledge their emotion. And we'll use the pen example as a good example. Be like, Jenna, I know you love that pen and it's blue for you, right? You believe it's blue, but I would love to have a conversation why I think it's purple, right? And if you're in going into a conversation and maybe, so you're going into a conversation, maybe you've already had a conversation about a topic that it may go into, you know, a debate on like who's right and who's wrong and you don't know which way it's going to go. If there's an apology anywhere in that conversation, the apology needs to be separate from the, the conversation going forward. So it's not, I'm sorry I brought that up, but blah, 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 because then people are going to shut down and be like, well, then you're not sorry. Mm-hmm. Or then you had a reason to do that. Say you're sorry and then have a conversation or have a conversation, then say this, say you're sorry. The apology is separate from that conversation. So those are just two ways that I think presentation really impacts the outcome of the conversation is acknowledge the emotion and the thing first. And then if you, if you feel like you need to apologize or an apology is due to that person, make the apology separate from needing to explain yourself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So those totally. are, that just what stood good. out to me. Okay. No, those are so good. Um, so something that we need to stop doing though is attacking other people so remember that opinions are opinions opinions are not right or wrong they're just opinions and beliefs that people hold probably very close to the vest so when we attack people for having the wrong opinion no matter how misguided they might be it's unlikely to work since it'll probably just put them in the in a defensive mindset where they're not willing to accept any new evidence So this is especially important to keep in mind because people will perceive you as uncivil or hostile, even if your argument is rational and Mm well-founded. So you can think you're being rational, but if they've got their back against the wall, and this happens, by the way, P.S., all the time in Facebook comments, like you're not going to have a productive conversation with anybody about anything even slightly controversial on Facebook disengage yeah like i wish there was like functions on facebook to just hide the comments in general just you should be able to shut them off that'd be so nice yeah and then you just see things come through you don't have to see everyone's opinions about it i see people like a a thread of something and i i'll like open it and it's just so long and it's just the time that it takes to engage in a conversation like that, especially not face-to-face and then interpreting what they meant or, you know, having to backstep and say, no, this is what I meant and all the blah, 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 and all the things. I'm like, who the fuck has time for this? Yeah. Not me, not this girl. People who feel like these things are very important to them. Again. Have conversations with the people who are important to you. 100%. (laughs) 100%. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's everyone's tolerance for this kind of BS is different. You know, you have a very low tolerance for it. But there are other people who I have people who I am friends with on social media who have a maybe they have more time on their hands. Who am I to judge? But it clearly is something we'll just go with. It's clearly something they're passionate about and they care about. And for the most part, everybody cares about things for a reason. 
like you said, maybe it's generational or maybe it's something that you have experienced. You know, my experience, I lived in a bubble. You know, I still feel like I live in a bubble. So my experience is not going to be the same as somebody who grew up having a really hard life, you Mm -hmm. know? So our experiences shape who we are, our opinions, our beliefs, our values. You know, hopefully we all, at the end of the day, care about each other and want to make sure that we are kind And I think like moving forward, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what you can do for yourself to reduce your own backfire effect, but we really just need to be kind. I think there's a lot of, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Donald Trump and I don't make any bones about that, but I'm also not going to hate people who support him. Like I'm not that person. I'm, I feel like, you know, kindness is more important than being right Mm -hmm. you know and we're never going to come together ever if we can't be nice 100 percent. never gonna agree i don't even agree with my own husband or my parents or my siblings 100 percent. i'm not aligned with anyone 100 percent. and there's no way to ask a large group of people to believe the same things. I was just thinking about that Because they have never, even if you've lived through this, you lived, I'm going to use Jenna as an example. You lived in the same house and grew up in the same area, but you have experienced different things. And Mm -hmm. so your values and your beliefs differ from those, just like your sister has lived different. You know, she's had different experiences, just like your parents have different experiences. Someone who has grown up in the same town the same way and this for the same amount of years still has very different experiences and and events happen to them in different circumstances that shape their life and their opinions and their values there's no way we can and, and here's people who grew up you know in a similar way right if, you know apples to apples but they have totally different opinions and mm-hmm. stances on different subjects so there's no way we can ask a vast, diverse population to all agree on the same thing. It's insane. It's insanity. Yeah. Yeah. So what we really need to do is come at anything. And that's a tall order for our political leaders to just be like, hey, guys, we just need you guys to, you know, Get I'm along. paying you and I hired you. Can you just like cut the bullshit and work together and figure shit out? Because we're, you know, helpless. All we can do is vote. That's it. Right. At the end of the day, that's it. That's all we can do. And most of us don't even enjoy doing that anymore. Probably never have. You haven't. You hate it. So I don't hate it. I just don't like my options ever. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Most of us don't, though. You know? And so I think to um, also remember, before I wrap this up, also remember that especially during elections, when things the temperature in the room increases to a thousand, what was it, 2,000 degrees in Houston? <laughs> <laughs> to 2,000 degrees. We'll have to share that story yeah. next time. Um, and to bring the temperature down, that means we need to remember that, I'm just going to pretend, like if, if Lindsay voted for Donald Trump and I voted for Joe Biden, that doesn't mean that she agrees with 125% of the things that Donald Trump did mm-hmm. and that I believe in 125% of the things that Joe Biden did or, or campaigned on or whatever, you know, like for most people, it's like 10%. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm picking between a pile of shit and 
a pile of boogers and it's both disgusting and I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I like 10% over here, maybe 15% over here and that 5% sways you, you know, so remember Because yeah, everyone has their standout and mm-hmm. the thing that matters most to them, which again varies and that's what people tend to vote on. And pretend, and also remember that those things don't have, like there are people who are like on the extremes right? We have people who are the embodiment of the most terrible parts of both sides. And that's unfortunate, but that's also going to happen. So, and that's the exception, you guys, hopefully. Yes, that's the exception. But I think like just remembering moving forward, um, to just be nice and, um, reduce your own backfire effect. So, you got to be critical yourself. It starts with us, right? How does the world become a better place? At the end of the day, it starts with me. It starts with you. It starts with how you raise your kids. It starts with how you take care of your parents and those around you, your employees. Are you a good boss? Are you a good leader? Are you a good employee? You know, all of these ways that we contribute to society it starts with us. So when we're presented with new information, we need to be aware of our own biases. And there, there's this thing that I do sometimes. If I see something on the New York Times, I will go to Fox News and look up the same thing. And I'll read the other perspective. And honestly, they both make me incredibly uncomfortable because I hate both extremes. But I'm like... Okay, well, at least I see the information that was presented uh-huh. on it painted in this light and painted in this light, right? So, you know, that alone is uncomfortable for people. But if you can challenge your own ways of thinking or at least understand someone else's point of view, uh-huh. empathy, it's like a lost art these days. True. You know, we don't really have a whole lot of empathy. We're kind of narcissistic. We're kind of into ourselves. And we kind of don't give a shit about anyone else but ourselves, it seems like. Some days. Yeah. And, or at least collectively. I always say, I love this country, but we're very entitled. We're very spoiled in America. <laughs> very spoiled. So if you, you know, I think, what is it? Like, we're the, we're the poorest person in America is richer than the poorest person on the planet or something. I don't remember what it was, I don't but. Remember. It's basically like, I think Jeremy Scott always says it. Like if you're the, if you live on welfare here and you're one of the poorest people, you You still got it made. You still have like, you know, 60% more wealth than the poorest on the planet or something. Yeah. Something crazy like that. like that. So just remember we're all very blessed and there's more that unites us than divides us. And that's the only way we're going to move forward. So the basic way to reduce your own backfire effect, obviously self-awareness, um, but you have to modify your own behavior when you do come into contact with something that might challenge your beliefs because we're not all going to act perfect. This is going to happen no matter what. Um, and I hope it happens because that means that you have convictions. And that means that you have things you believe in and are passionate about. So when you encounter new information that conflicts your current beliefs, the first thing I want you to do is don't ignore it outright or immediately try and explain why it's wrong. And that's uncomfortable. Because yeah. that means you got to sit with it. Yes, you got to sit in and it. And you're all like, oh. So that also means you still need to hear the other person out while they're talking and not just wait for your turn to speak. 
Yes. Stop listening to respond. Empathy doesn't work that way. No. You have to listen. And if you're thinking about what you're going to say next, or you're thinking about who you're going to Google, or, oh my God, I read an article about this just three days ago, and I can't wait to throw it in their face. You're not present in the conversation. You're not. And you're not going to, you're not going to get any forward motion by just coming back with a rebuttal immediately. So then you want to try after listening and empathizing and being present, you want to try to look at it with fresh eyes and assess it based on its own merit mm-hmm. and without comparing it to your own pre-existing beliefs and theories. So let it stand on its own. Let it have its own merit. Let it, you know, if somebody else presents, it's like the conspiracy theories. I always go, I don't believe you, but I'm listening. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> you know, so at least then you under, you know you can understand. And for most people, they're only reacting and, and believing something because it's been a part of their survival and their ether for however long. So all of this is way easier said than done, but it starts with ourselves. So we have to be more aware of it. So the three things that I can, the three words that I can leave you with when you are in a confrontation where you just want to like throw back immediately and, and throw a punch, stay calm Stay curious and be receptive. Mm -hmm. And that will, those three things, calm, curious, and receptive, will get you through any kind of altercation, any kind of, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. You're all going to have to be at the same table. and Either we're going to pretend like nothing happened (laughs) or, you know, you're probably going to be put in some situations that make you really uncomfortable. Or if you're hosting Thanksgiving, you can set some boundaries and saying, we're not talking about politics at my house. Yes. I would love to say one more thing about just because of the landscape that we're in with the election and the media and kind of being bombarded by by it all. um, This can, you know, regardless of what side you're on, it can really um, shake people up. Right. And we say, leave it when you come to work, leave it all at the workplace. So this is for all the leaders out there. Leave it at the door. Don't bring it here. Well, that's really hard when people feel like, you know, they, you know, they haven't been heard or they feel they're just angry about it or, you know, frustration um, or, you know, something about their livelihood may be compromised or at jeopardy, whatever the case may be. Speaking of jeopardy, Alex Trebek. I know. <sighs> we what just found heck? out. Oh, my God. Anyway. So those kinds of emotions coming into the workplace can can lead to poor behavior. It can manifest. So even though we're not talking about politics in the workplace, and I would never say to talk about politics in the workplace when – as leaders, we need to be receptive, just like what Jenna said, and curious about, you know, if someone's coming to work and they're not themselves, if you notice something's going on, we don't have to talk about why, but we need to acknowledge their emotion. We need to acknowledge how they're feeling. And that can, just that and alone can stop any kind of manifestation for poor behavior or outbursts or, um, you know, any kind of arguments within the workplace among their peers and their coworkers. Yes, we don't know where that conversation would may go or would go if we bring it up. So that's why 
I think a lot of people don't want to bring it up. They don't want to get involved in that conversation, but you can set the tone for the conversation and set the expectation. Be like, you know, we're not going to go in the details. I just noticed that you haven't been yourself lately. I don't make sure that you're okay. Right. I've had the last election. I had employees had to take time off Mm -hmm. because they were so upset that Trump was elected president. Yes, take your time off because you're better at home processing it all than trying to process it here and being overwhelmed. You might make mistakes here. You and it's not just the it's not the place to be, right? And especially at where where I was working at the funeral home. Well, you can take the so, time to process your emotions. Yeah, that's the most important. Where you thing. need to, yeah. right? Not at work. Yeah. So just just for all the leaders out there, you know. Have like Jenna said, have some freaking empathy. Have a conversation. It might be an uncomfortable conversation, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It needs to happen. Yeah, I know we were pretty unproductive here the day after the election. Um, just because there was just so much, it just felt it was more um, less of like checking the news every five seconds, and it was more just this weird purgatory we all felt like we were in regardless of what side you were on and it's just something so disconcerting about that like completely threw me off and I know I wasn't the only one because everyone else that's entrepreneurial or self-employed felt the same way and I had a conversation with a client who was like well we're all feeling that way and I'm thinking that was the worst thing like yeah we are and so therefore we should all have a little bit of empathy and understanding for each other. Yeah. And cut people a little bit of slack. You know, people are not infallible. People have feelings. People feel strongly about things. You know, the law doesn't affect us all the same way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it it's, it's hard for us to like walk into a place of work. And I don't, I work for me. I'm my boss. You know, I had to give myself permission to have you know, a little bit more of an unproductive presence in my life that day because otherwise I was going to beat myself up and, you know, yada, yada, yada. The rest is you can figure that out. So I think it's really important that we have empathy empathy for each other and just remember that, you know, emotions are real things. They live in your body and you can't just sit there and pretend like something isn't happening. Exactly. And everyone is affected differently by anything. It doesn't just have to be politics. Um, you know, your your experience might be... I, I know my feelings about COVID have changed very recently because I have three people... Two, my parents had COVID and my cousin. And so these people that I love dearly, that was scary. It wasn't just, oh, these numbers on a computer screen or TV anymore. It was affecting people who were in my personal, like, you know, people I cared about on the deepest level. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. It just changes things. Um, And sometimes, and it's sad sometimes that that our, that has to have, something has to happen to us to, to change our minds on things. Like, let's not get there. Can we be more understanding and Mm -hmm. open-minded to not have to get there Mm -hmm. to where you have to, you know, experience it yourself. Yeah. 
the thing I tell myself to put me into a more receptive mode and for empathy, I always say it has to happen to somebody. And everybody it happened to thought it wouldn't happen to them. Oh, yeah. I always have to remind myself of that. Because, I, you know, I'd see the worst of the worst at the funeral home. I'm like, this person never knew this was going to happen to them. They never knew. And, but it it happens to someone. Unfortunately, bad things happen to people, and it's got to happen to someone, regardless if it's an illness, if it's a car accident, you know, a burglary. You know, it's, it's, it happens. And they never, everyone that it happens to never think it's going to happen to them. A lot of people. Yeah. And so I always have to remind myself of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Yeah. So let's all move forward with more empathy, compassion, understanding, more accountability of our own processing and our own belief systems and how we can show up better when we're presented with information that and you know what? We're not, I'm also, by the way, I don't want, I don't want you guys walking away from this thinking that I'm saying, well, you need to change your mind. You don't, you don't have to change your mind about anything. In fact, you could probably be right. And that person is a crazy person. That's, <laughs> that's still valid. <laughs> Just because the backfire effect exists and you dig down deeper, doesn't mean, doesn't mean that they're, you're wrong and they're right or vice versa or they're just liars (laughs) exactly exactly that's not what that means basically all i'm saying is in order for us to conduct you know conversations or anything i think in order just to gain a little bit more humanity and to be kind like what we're saying and to be nice we have to shift the way that we present and intake information yeah and my last request is just to stay away from like fringe crap like don't go down rabbit believe me i've gone down plenty of my own crazy ass rabbit holes but nothing good ever comes of that it just makes you confused and crazy and bad things it's a very bad place to be so (laughs) don't do that um but anyway so just love each other be nice be, com- be compassionate, have empathy, and um, it's all going to be okay. Know your own role in the backfire effect. I love it. And Thank if you, you. want to learn more about it, just go to Google. Google backfire effect. You'll get all kinds of cool articles. And it goes even deeper. I obviously touched the surface. Um, but cognitive bias is another one that's extremely interesting to research and to learn more about. And um, because there's a bajillion different kinds, the backfire effect is only a small chunk of our cognitive biases that we have. I love it. So cool. Thank you for this. Don't forget to leave us a review if you love this episode. Share it. Share it. Share it with with a friend. Share it with your uncle that you're mad at. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm working on getting my shit together. You need to do the same because I'm right. But anyway. Yes. The more reviews, the better. It helps us be seen. It helps us get all the information back out to the people that need it most. You can also check us out on Facebook at, what is it? It's Tagist VIP Tribe. Yes. Tagist VIP Tribe. And we are on Instagram at Tagist underscore podcast. You can also find all these links and all this good information in our show notes. Tagist.com. 
Amen. All right. Cheers. See you next time. The Art of Getting Your Shit Together is produced and edited by LD Coaching and Blush Cactus Boutique Design Studio. We would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and subscribe, leave us five stars, and write a quick review. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends so that we can continue to grow our tribe. Tag us on Instagram at tagist underscore podcast with your shares, and we'll feature you on our story. Don't forget to grab our free guide, five things you can do right now to get your shit together and start living your best life over at tagus.com slash kick more ass. Remember your life only gets better when you decide to grow and it's never too late to get your shit together.